Hello and welcome to The Family Business. I'm your host, Shannon. I'm Donna. Hello and I'm Kaz. And as you notice, we don't have Z with us. That is because this season she will be sitting out due to a family obligation. Occasionally she'll be popping in here and there, but for the most part, Kaz will be joining us for all of season three. So, hello, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you. This week we are going to be discussing Season 3, Episode 1, entitled The Magnificent Seven. And contrary to the title, this is not a Western episode. <laughs> this is actually an episode that carries on from the end of Season 2, where Sam and Dean have opened a Hellgate and let out pretty much every demon imaginable upon the Earth. And the first set that they are dealing with are the demonic personifications of the Seven Deadly Sins. It's interesting. You say it's not a Western, but it does have a couple of those Western tropes. It does, yes. Yeah, like uh, them trapped in the house while the bad guys are coming for them. Right. So. Well, and the boards, the way they, they have them on the windows at one point, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you just kind of expect the... Yeah, yeah the outlaw the gang coming in, <laughs> the road into town, yes. um, trouble. I enjoy this episode a lot. I feel like they missed a bet because they're playing with something so cool as the Seven Deadly Sins, right. but they don't really do much with it. Right. The first guy, and I loved this, and this I think this is why I'm so disappointed with the rest of it, the first guy, when he comes out, he's taking the trash out, you see him look over at the neighbor yes. and their really nice car, right? and then he looks back at his dirty, dusty car and kind of sighs. Right. And yep. that guy gets hit with envy. I wanted to see a little more of that. The closest we got to it was pride was in a suit. And I don't know that pride necessarily indicates, you know... Well, I mean, the the guy that they got for pride, I mean, he looked like, you know, a business type. And yeah. he, you know, looked like he was well manicured and well groomed and all of those things. And so. then there was a pretty blonde for lust. Yeah, but right. They, but they were for that guy that they were going for that, like, super cocky 80s businessman. Sure, sure. Yeah. Kind of stereotype. That, yeah. Uh, American Psycho. Always be closing. Yeah. Always be closing, yeah. And then I did really appreciate them not going for the fat guy for gluttony. Absolutely. That thought, was great. And they didn't go for a skinny guy either. He was just a guy. He, yeah, just an average person. He was just uh, a guy who liked Reno. <laughs> <laughs> because who doesn't enjoy a nice little chugger? Well, right if it's on the house. If it's, I mean, if it's on the house, yeah, you it, know. It, well, you're just, at least leaning to go, what is this? <laughs> Well, let me just mention, just just because this was the one thing that, the first thing that really bothered me. You drink drain cleaner, you're not going to die that easy. Right. He died fast with just a couple of, ooh, uggs, and then he fell down. Right. No, you're going to die screaming yep. over the course of a long, long time. Yeah. So, disclaimer, don't drink anything that you shouldn't, especially if it has really nasty chemicals in it that are designed to clear a clogged pipe. Yeah, <laughs> it's made to dissolve what you're made of. Yeah, pretty yeah. much exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, this episode started out with Sam sitting in a car. Well, no, excuse me. The episode after we get past the initial mm-hmm. start shows Sam sitting in a car reading up on Crossroads demons and deals and things like that. And we get to see Dean smiling at him through a window before he closes the curtains and then sexy times ensue. And Bobby calls and is like, hey, we got this thing going on. 
Why on earth would Sam go into that room knowing what was happening? I thought the why? same thing. Like I he... just don't get why Sam was sitting in the car. I mean, if if I'm sending my brother in to get laid, I'm going somewhere else. Okay? Yeah. I mean, like, I don't have anything to get. You have fun. I'm cool with that, but I'm not going to sit outside the window. Well, and it was true to character for Dean to be, like, gloating over the fact that, hey, I'm getting laid, you know, and all of that. But, I, yeah, say, if I'm in Sam's spot, I'm not sitting out there just waiting on my brother to finish the, his the jollies. Only, the only thing that would make it make sense that he'd be out there is because they've released all these demons, and so maybe he's just standing guard. Because if Dean has his literally has his pants down... <laughs> Maybe Sam's just like, I'm just hanging out here in case, like, a wave of demons come through. I can be like, hey, bro, put your drawers on. And (laughs) speaking of wave of demons, we get to see something that I don't think we ever see again. And it's basically a thunderstorm of demons. We see the, usually the, like, the black cloud and stuff like that. But this was like, had lightning in it and all sorts of other things. And apparently, according to Bobby, there were 17 cities that had similar, you know, clouds over them Mm -hmm. that where these demons were coming down from. So I thought that for the time, the effect was really cool. But it was also, I don't think it's something that we ever see again is like this thunderstorm of demons. I don't know if we ever have a moment where we have that many demons together in the series again. I just looked up out of curiosity, and there actually is a Binsfeld's classification of demons. There's a what? Bobby talks about Binsfeld's classification of demons, and that's where he talks about classifying the seven deadly sins as actual demons. Right. That is a thing. It was 15... 1540-something. I've, lo- I've lost the entry. 1589. 89. Oh, wow. I was Peter- so close. You were close. Peter Binsfield. I-, I thought that was probably something made up, but it was not. It was an actual thing. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, hmm. supernatural. Dean is displaying really poor trigger discipline, which disappointed me when he's when he's out before Tamara and Isaac, Isaac. show up. He's walking around with his finger on the trigger, and you should not do that because you'll shoot yourself. Yep. And you know what? Speaking of Tamara and Isaac, do we ever see Tamara again? I can't remember, but I have to tell you, my fourth note on the page is shit. They're happily married and they're black. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, they're dead. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I was really um, pleasantly surprised that she survived. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was a really neat kind of twist, not just because of, of that, but also because you have these two other Hunter characters... And so you assume, okay, we have allies that show up. That means they're definitely going to die within the episode. Right. Because you got to keep your heroes isolated. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, why don't they just call so-and-so? Oh, because the episode they introduced, they were dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and the thing is, I really liked their characters. I Obviously, we didn't get to see much of them mm-hmm. and everything. But I, I think it's how they're introduced, of course. They're kind of hostile to Sam and Dean. But Isaac had a point. You unleashed literal hell on the Earth. I think that we could probably do okay on our own yeah. without having to you you know, really deal with that. Yeah, I have to agree. I think that Isaac saw, especially Dean, as just, as just reckless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just reckless, and he was like, "You're too reckless." Which, ironically, their recklessness is what got is what gets Isaac killed. Yes. Is going in with the the wrath and the anger. Yes, but that made sense, even though a lot of times in shows that's forced. Like we can't work with you. They just make right. up some dumb reason. You're like that doesn't carry weight at all. Right. This actually did. If this I was Isaac sense. and Samara, I'd be like, mm, "We're gonna we're gonna hang back and do our own thing." Yeah. 
I gotta tell you a story about Katie Cassidy, who's introduced as the mysterious woman in this episode. Holy shit. No. You, I just... It clicked in my brain. I was like, I know I have seen her in something else. What the hell is it? Arrow. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I came to Supernatural late, and I watched Arrow before I watched Supernatural. And so when they started talking about how Laurel was going to play Black Canary, I was like, there is no way that skinny little blonde thing can play a physical role. Right. And then I started watching Supernatural, and she kicks ass. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So to the point where Dean is like telling Sam, "There's a the girl fights better than you do." Yeah. <laughs> so. There are three demons, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I could have drawn the the parallel conclusions mm-hmm. there if I had just looked at her name, but yeah. But I the first time I saw this, obviously I hadn't seen Arrow at that point because right. that's years in the future from from this. But yeah, this time I was like, I okay, I wish where she. where am I not getting yeah. this? And that would be why. Yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it's just in my case, I watched it in the other order. Right. And, so, and she did a really good job as Black Canary. Absolutely. Another thing that happens in this episode, or not happens, but something that we're told in this episode that I don't think we ever see again is the Palo Santo wood and how it has a, an effect on mm. demons. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you've ever smelled Palo Santo wood or burnt it before. Oh my God, I love the smell of it. It's, it's like a natural deodorizer almost, like if you burn some in your house. Not only does it supposedly have spiritual qualities to drive away demons and spirits and all that, but the smell will linger, and it's a really nice, fragrant, aromatic smell. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we ever get Palo Santo wood brought up I don't again. I we do. So, well, we don't get goofer dust brought up again. We don't get right. a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, the cat's... What was it? The cat's eye shells? Yes. That was like early season one. Yeah, episode one. Yeah. So... Uh, so, yeah. A lot of this stuff doesn't come back up again. And it's kind of disappointing because... Yeah, that, it is. It's just kind of neat to build a, a slow build an arsenal mm-hmm. that you could recognize. Yeah. You don't necessarily want to always give your a characters, like, the perfect answer to everything, obviously, because, you know, you want drama and everything like that. But it is kind of nice to be able to see an evolution of, well, I guess an armory. <laughs> Mm-hmm. An evolution of an armory with, as the show goes on. So it is kind of a bummer that that stuff gets brought up and then one use only kind of deal. I have another note here that says that blood effect, and I have no idea what that was about. Uh, would it be, have been whenever the uh, the lady was smashing the one woman's head yes! on the windshield? That's exactly what it was. Yeah, and the third time, and that blood just... Yes. Pulling out into the cracks. Yeah, that was good. That was good. One thing about that scene, though, that really got me was, okay, so we've got this woman who is attacking another woman. She has very obviously just murdered her, picks up a bag and walks away. The people who are on the sidewalk who are just, like, horrified and all of that, they're just standing horrified at what happened. Not that the fact that this lady is walking past them. None of them move. None of them try to get out of her way. Mm -hmm. None of them try to get away from her or... or, um, Restrain her, subdue her, nothing. They all just kind of stand there, and I'm just like, I wonder if that would it would be what happened in real life. If you if people saw that, if they were in so much shock that they would just stand there and not do anything. I can say with a fair certainty I would have gone to the injured person because I have seen people get hurt, not murdered, right. but I have seen people get hurt and I, I go to them immediately. I probably would not try to grab somebody who just murdered somebody. But the thing Whatever, is, like, you can go. That's fine. Your mentality is, hey, I'm a veterinarian. I have all of this knowledge that can mm-hmm. be applied to humans too in certain cases. 
so I should help out. Of course, I've got CPR first aid training that, I mean, you mm, know, I yeah. would respond in that way. So, I don't know, maybe the maybe just the regular layperson on the street would potentially be in such shock that they wouldn't do anything? I don't know. I'm not sure that everybody is really trained to react in a crisis, either. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I, think, I think most people would be, I think most people would just stare in sort of shock. Right. And probably out of fear, not mess with the person that just killed someone. Right. Over um, shoes. <laughs> over shoes, yeah. But they were really nice shoes. Um, I do think what would probably happen is some people would call the police and that some people might start following that person. Like, somebody might snap out and be like, oh, oh she went this way. Right. And start kind of maybe possibly trailing them, especially since he wasn't waving a gun around or anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, if someone is waving a gun around and they have just murdered someone, don't follow that person. Yeah. Yeah. Don't <laughs> call, call the authorities and... <laughs> Have, I'm making an assumption here that Kaz would be the person to discuss this with. Okay. But I had a small disagreement with that being an envy situation. That looked like more of a greed situation to me. I would kind of disagree. It was envy in the fact that this other person had a thing that they wanted, yeah. and no amount of money was going to get it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no way for them to get this. So this was a anger. I could see how you could see it be greed, because I want this thing. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily I dis I hate this person or I envy this person, but I mean they're they're pretty close. Yeah, and I can see that I'm I envy this person so much. I want this thing they've got, so I will kill them and then take it. I can see that that it being a specific item and right. not if it was greed, then another pair of shoes would have been just as good. Yeah, they would have been grabbing all of the shoes. Right. Okay. Yeah. It was greed. Yeah, it was greed. It was another pair of shoes would have been fine. You know, but I don't. But one isn't enough. I want two. I want three. I want four. I want five. But right. But it's a specific thing. And also, envy is in this particular situation was put towards a material object. A lot of time, and the same thing with the car in the beginning episode. Uh-huh. But a lot of times, envy is more so connected to I want that person's like life. Or I want that person's significant other. Things that you you can't buy. Yeah. You know, and, and having more than one would do you no good. It's this enviness of things that are, for that person, most likely impossible to acquire, mm-hmm. no matter what they have. Well, I had a feeling you were the right person to ask. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, at this time, we are going to go ahead and take a break. We would really appreciate it if you would go visit us on iTunes or Google Play and give us a rating, a review, and a subscribe. That really helps us out and makes it easier for other people to find us. And after you've done that, you can interact with us on social media. We would love to chat with you. On Twitter, you can find us at TFB underscore SPN Fancast. On Instagram, you can find us at the Family Business underscore SPN Fancast. And we're also on Facebook at Snarkcasts. And you can check out all of our sister podcasts and other cool stuff can be found at GumbyCatNetworks.com. Once more with feeling, the 20th anniversary Buffyverse fancast, Collective Snark, and Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. Alright, so Donna, do you want to go ahead and hit on the female aspect of this episode? Outside of Tamara, the only real women in this episode were demons. Well, we had the, the twins at the beginning. <laughs> Who <laughs> were just shadows, you know. Yeah, the the the, the, the booby du- shadows. The double mint twins, as, yes, he, as he was called them. Exactly. Know. So was there actually supposed to be another woman in the room or was he talking about her boobs? I think there was supposed to be another woman in the room, but I could be wrong. I had assumed that it was just a woman off screen that we didn't see. Okay. That is that is what I thought. I I hadn't even thought of uh-huh. that option until you said it. But you know what? He could have meant that. Well and <laughs> 
I just had a thought that probably would not be appropriate for this podcast. So okay. I, I think I'll hold on to that thought. We can we can save it for. We'll we'll just say that it was two women. Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. Um, but yeah, uh, Tamara was. You know, she was. We haven't seen a lot of female hunters. No. So she was one of the first female hunters, unless you count Joe. She might be the first female hunter we've met. Yeah. Of course, we saw her in a lot of distress for most of the time, mm-hmm. uh, where she was grieving over Isaac, and she was in a rage, I'm going to go back. But still, once she was over her distress, she was clearly, you know, pretty level-headed. Right. She she was at, she knew about the, what was the name of the wood? Oh, Palo Santo wood. She knew about the Palo Santo wood, she knew how to use it, she discussed it. So, she was clearly a competent hunter. Right. Yeah, but, she was she was not just long for the ride. She was a partner. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, and again, they're doing a much better job of not sexualizing the women. Right. Um, you know, she was an attractive woman, but she wasn't in a halter and crop mm. shorts. Crop and shorts? Is that a thing? Still, yeah. Daisy Dukes. Daisy Dukes. <laughs> yeah, and stilettos. And stilettos. I mean, she was dressed practically. Well, and too, at the end of the episode, we get the impression that even though all of this really traumatic shit has just happened and she lost her husband and all of that, she hasn't given up hunting. Mm-hmm. She gets in the car and she leaves, and and I at least got the impression, well, she's just yeah. going to go find another job and Did do she, it. She's going to carry on, yeah. Right. That's kind of what and I got, carry too. Carry on. Yeah, yeah. which I thought was neat in the fact that all of this stuff, because the horrible event that occurred that made them hunters, and then the death of her husband and everything doesn't stop her. It doesn't, like, emotionally just destroy her. Right. Which, like, I, don't know, I, I might be emotionally destroyed. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm tapping out well, all that happened And I would say that it was a real response. I mean, her husband had died and was on the floor and was left there. And so I think it was a typical, normal response of, I want to get him back. We don't know really, sure. you know, for sure that he's dead. I want him back. And I think that that was a normal response oh, yeah. for anybody to have. Let me say one thing real quick, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to answer that. For Kaz, and for anybody who has forgotten, the reason we keep having this little segment is that Supernatural has a long-standing, poor reputation for their treatment of female characters. And yes. So that's, that's why we discuss it each episode. Also, I'm a raging feminist, so... How dare you? But yeah, Tamara with Isaac, yeah, her, I'm going to go back and get him, I'm going to kill all of them, that was a very realistic response. Right, yeah. Uh, but also, what I loved was when the possessed Isaac is coming up towards the house, she does not open that door. She does not open that door, she denies that it's him, until he starts actually attacking her. Right. No, it, when he, he quits with the Tamara, why won't you let me in, Right. it turns into, this is your fault, and that finally breaks through when he starts talking about their daughter. Right. Uh, yeah. And I, I appreciated that. Well, and She wasn't dumb. No. And see, that's something that I can see Sam or Dean doing is like if, you know, if a demon was to attack how they handled something in regards to each other, I could see it driving them to the point of anger mm-hmm. where they would attack too, mm-hmm. regardless of what the consequences could be. I also want to say the guy who played Envy, I, I watched this episode twice in the last couple of days, he's a really good actor. He's very good, yeah. He comes out very meek. Yes. In the, in the open, he comes out meek, kind of just like destroyed. And especially when he's looking okay. across at the cars, you're just like, man. And he just says all of that without a single word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, just a sigh. 
But he delivered, there's the line about, my name is Legion, for we are many. Right. And the way he delivered that line was, and for one thing, that's that's not an easy line to say, because it's, right. it's a weird phrase, but he just delivered it really well and menacingly. Yeah. And then there was mm-hmm. another one, he starts talking about they're going to be slaughtered by animals. That again, just, just this deadpan way of saying it that was really chilling. Well, and one thing, too, that I really liked Not is... Not dead matter of fact, but... Sorry. That's okay. One thing, too, that I really liked was the fact that whenever Tamara started the exorcism, he, it never crossed his mind, obviously, that he could be exorcised. But just that look yeah. on his face, it's like, that, that was some great shit right there because yeah. it was just like, you could see that sudden realization. That was the first time that little amused look yes. left his face. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was really great. You could definitely see in his expressions that change from yeah. one state to another so yeah i agree he was a great actor mm-hmm. pride called sam the boy king yes i thought that was really interesting yeah well and he told him too you know we don't have to bow before you and we don't have to do all of that and it got me to thinking obviously we don't do spoilers but with future knowledge of episodes it's like i i wonder if they knew the full plan revolving around sam or if they just knew the yellow-eyed demons plans for for sam something i have griped about in the past is throwing matches and how that doesn't work. Right. And at the end, I think it's Sam, strikes the matches, you see him flare, and he tosses them, and I swear to God, before they have left frame, they're out. <laughs> but it looks so cool. It looks great. It yeah. looks great. And then the fire flared up, and you're like, so, no. Yeah. If you want to throw it, you got to let a cigarette first, because that will last. Yeah. So, for all you pyromaniacs out there, you're welcome. <laughs> and for all you pyromaniacs out there, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Also, don't <laughs> and, smoke. And smoking bad smokes bad for you. <laughs> just forget everything I say. <laughs> don't do anything. <laughs> there is one thing that kind of bothered me about this episode, though. Okay. And this isn't necessarily something that specifically happened in the episode, but it's something that happens when a show is clearly moving for a episodic kind of, what is the term I'm looking for? Syndication. We're looking for syndication. Because we have the Seven Deadly Sins show up, and the Seven Deadly Sins have a lot of like historical stuff. There's yeah. lots of stuff they could do. You could, I'm not saying tease it out like an anime, but you could have had one episode for every single one. Right. Mm-hmm. And instead, they immediately are like, and they revealed oh my god we're gonna lose this war we just wiped out these super bad dudes and it sort of like devalues the strength of these demons it also makes me wonder if because this is season three if they're going okay we've got two seasons we're gonna get renewed we're moving towards syndication we have to do this right because you actually see this a lot in television when you get to the third season Third or fourth. So especially as, especially an episode, not an episode, a series that is not episodic, which I would say season one and two are kind of episodic. It usually has the beginning, the end. It could, you know, pretty much happen almost anywhere with your season finales and beginnings as like the overall big bad. And shows like that are, they said it's an episodic serial series. Mm-hmm. I right, think. yeah. Because like Star Trek does that a lot, especially like Deep Space Nine they had the overarching uh, war with the Dominion, but we still had the filler episodes, and that's kind of what we do with Supernatural is we have the overarching yellow-eyed demon thing, but we right. still got the filler episodes in there. Exactly, which, you know, if it's if it's done really well, it's fine. Like TNG, or 
the next generation of Star Trek is the best one, like, ever, as far as doing the episodic perfectly. Right. But I would say that in this episode for Supernatural, I think it showed a little too much. Mm. That was the issue. It was like, you're, it was like oh, your syndication's showing. Your yeah. syndication's <laughs> showing a little bit. Well, and two, whenever it first started out... It- Eric Kripke had in mind to do five seasons and be done with it. Right. And so, I mean, you, I, I can see it from that aspect of it. Of This season is, as far as we can tell so far, is to deal with how do we get Dean out of the deal that was made at the end of season two in order to save Sam's life. And so you can't really do that if you're focusing on this one particular group of demons. So I can see it both ways. That's true, but in that case, that maybe I I would have preferred them not... I don't know. I feel like they just misused the sentence a little bit. Yeah, no, I I am not arguing. In complete agreement, there was so much cool stuff they could have done with the seven deadly sins, and they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the deal that was made, we see Sam's efforts throughout to get Dean out of this deal and everything... Mm -hmm. And at the end of the episode, he basically is just like, you know what? I'm tired of being nice. What the fuck is going on? You know, I'm offering you all of these solutions and you're not taking them. What the fuck is up with that? And Dean, that's whenever he comes out and says, if I try to break the deal, then you die. And it brought us to a great point, And I think we made this point whenever John made the deal for Dean because Sam brings up the fact that, hey, whenever dad did this and you were the recipient, it really pissed you off and, you know, you hated it and all of that. And so how am I supposed to feel? And Dean pretty much just tells him, basically, I don't care how you feel because you're going to be alive. And so, I mean, I think that that's definitely a a kind of like a big brother thing to do. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of a dick move. But I will give Dick, he owned it. Like, I'm selfish. I'm being selfish. There you go. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The one line that got me, he was like, I'm tired, Sam. I'm just tired. And I'm thinking... I don't know that you're going to be getting a lot of quality rest in hell, Dean. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, and, and with the line, you know, there's Don't finally, relaxing. yeah, and finally there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, yeah, it's hellfire, dude. Yeah, I love that line. That was great. Oh, there's a light in the tunnel. It's also, yeah, hellfire, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that that exchange is really good. And Dean's acting right there, or Jensen Ackles' acting right there, was really really good because it was yeah. like this perfect amount of smug and selfish, but also undercurrent of caring. Like, oh, just bam, bam, bam. That back and forth is really, really great. Yeah, agreed. So I will say this, though, about the the Seven Deadly Sins, because I just thought of it. It did create a moment of them being overwhelmed to the point that it looked like Sam was going to die. Yes. So it is possible they had to delve in to grab them out because they're like, we need something that's so difficult that is believable that they would need help from the mysterious woman with the mysterious blade. Right. Mm-hmm. So, because otherwise it might have been like, they didn't need her help. She could, they, you know, they've taken out Ben and this and that and that. And, but it's like, nah, they're outnumbered like seven to four or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not correct math at all. <laughs> they're outnumbered. They're outnumbered. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I actually looked up, there was a, uh, there was a black spiritual playing in the background. I shall not be moved. Oh, yes. And I looked it up because it sounded like Robert Johnson. And I thought it would be perfect uh, to be Robert Johnson. From the Crossroads Blues? Yeah. But mm. it was not Robert Johnson. Oh. I found a list of like 15 people who have recorded it, and Robert Johnson was not one of them. Okay. Mm. All right, guys. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time for this week. We want to thank you for joining us, and we invite you to come back next week when we will be discussing episode two entitled The Kids Are All Right. Until then, carry on. Jerk. Bitch.
Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.